The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Imagine at age 16 being taken captive and taken away from your home, from the people and places that you knew. You're taken 900 miles away, and then for the next 70 years, you would be given jobs. And yet, in spite of this abduction and deportation, you would serve God faithfully. And out of the nearly 3,000 people mentioned in the Bible, you would be one of the few biblical characters about whom nothing negative is ever said, only positive. Can you imagine what that would be like? And can you imagine the person of whom I might be speaking? Well, Alex McFarland here and Bert Harper, we're going to be looking at this wonderful Bible character, Bert. His name is Daniel of the Old Testament, and I'm excited that we can begin to look at the life of Daniel today. I thought I recognized that description, Alex, and uh, Daniel, what a man he was, what a book he wrote, and uh, we want to look at that today, the man and the book, and as we do that, we pray that you would join us and have a great time. But real quick, Alex, I was out all last week. I was at the Fishbowl Retreat, the American Family Association yeah. Retreat for Pastors and Wives. Jan and I had the opportunity to be with several. We had just a great time, and they were asking about you, and they are enjoying the book that that you and I wrote. So it went well. And, Alex, I just wanted to report that. But I Mm-hmm. Miss being on Exploring the Word and being with you, but it was great to be with those pastors and their wives. It really encouraging me, and hopefully it was encouraging to them as they went back home to preach the Word and to be an example to the flock. What an opportunity well, pastors have in 2021. Well, we did pray for you. You know, as is frequently the case, Jim Stanley sat in for you and just did such a wonderful job. Jim Stanley always does a great job. We prayed for you, and we hope that Fishbowl was going great. And I I know you had an exciting time. We did, and Ed Vitagliano came, and he shared, and J.J. Jasper made his way up there, and again, and uh, so these pastors and their wives, they came, and what's neat, they come from different denominations, they come from different states, different sized churches, but they come together because they love the Lord Jesus, they've been called, and uh, so Jan and I just love the encouragement that we want to give them, and they give us, so so, Alex, yeah. yes, it was great, and but I did miss, and I was wondering how far you'd get, so I was, I'm excited that I didn't miss Daniel. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and Jim and I had uh, talked through some uh, facts about Ezekiel, and, you know, um, now we're starting Daniel. Um, I will say this. I've got this picture I need to send to you if, if I haven't emailed you already, but at Truth For New Generation the other day, somebody put a note in my seat, where's Bert, <laughs> question mark, question mark. Oh, yeah, and, I saw uh, that. You did send it, Alex. Uh, Jan yeah, and I, I did. had I a laugh yeah. over that. Listen, wherever we go, we get to ask about the other one, and uh, so it is. it was just fun to be and share there and I, I heard truth for a new generation. I got your, uh, it looked like a great crowd and a great response, brother. 
Well, it really was. And I want to say that uh, since then, now I'm in Tennessee. I'm in Kingsport, Tennessee. By the way, if you're in the Tri-Cities area, Bristol, Johnson City, Kingsport, tonight and tomorrow night, I'm, I'm still here at Gravely Baptist Church, Pastor David Sally, and I just got through doing a podcast with uh, them, Phil Whittemore, who's another local pastor. Um, great group here, and I'll be preaching at 6.30 tonight and tomorrow. But um, one thing, and it's such an encouragement, and I give God the glory, everybody has just been going very excited about our book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers. And I trust at Fishbowl, the response to the book was strong, wasn't it? It was, and they're looking forward to receiving it. Many of them had already made their pledge to uh, to American Family Sherathon, uh, and so they were waiting on their books to get there. So that was exciting and fun. And uh, so many of you, let me just tell you, if you're listening and you hadn't got your book yet and you made that pledge to AFR and uh, you did it where you can receive a book, uh, they're they're on their way, and uh, we praise the Lord for that. And some of them had already gotten them. I, the church that I'm interim at, at First Baptist Baldwin, I was there Sunday preaching, and there was a man came up and he said, "Man, I've already received mine." I had two or three said, "We're waiting on ours," because they had shared in the shareathon. Hey, like that shared in yeah. the shareathon. And well, so that was a great success. And we say, I don't think I've been on since then either. So I want to say praise the Lord for close to $4 million that came in during Sherathon in the fall uh, Sherathon. So we praise the Lord and thank you for that as well. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, um, we've been um, going through prophets, kings, and kingdoms. And one of the prophets, very famous, is the prophet Daniel. And, uh, you know, Bert, some of the verses, I, I, we just love to talk about some of the verses. You know, Billy Graham would always preach on Daniel 12, verse 2. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. And when I think about Daniel, I think about, you know, his dreams. And there's the the 77s, and there's this great image, and Daniel appears in the has an audience with the one called the Ancient of Days. And there's a lot that we associate with the prophet Daniel, the book of Daniel. We think about, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, But Bert, I think probably the most famous story, and perhaps people learned it in Sunday school as a child. What do you think is maybe the most famous account from the life of Daniel that we probably associate with him? Could that be him in the lion's den? Is that possible? Have you seen some very beautiful, very famous paintings of that? I have, and I love it when he makes uh, one of those lines, his pillow. Now, I don't know if it was like that, but uh, yes. I, I do love that. Well, I agree with that, I, but I let me give my thoughts on I still love chapter 1 as my favorite, and it's verse 8 that I love beyond measure. He was tempted to go the Babylonian way. Uh, you know, he were he was being educated in their system. He was being indoctrinated. Let me use that word. Uh, they were trying to indoctrinate him in the Babylonian culture, the Babylonian religion of gods. But listen to what it says about Daniel. Chapter 1, verse 8, But Daniel purposed in his heart 
that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I love that. He purposed in his heart. There are scriptures like that all through the scriptures about guarding your heart, uh, you know, following the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. So Alex, Daniel, even as a 16-year-old, as you said earlier, being brought from his home uh, in those teenage years and indoctrinated and, and challenged in every way, and even I would say a little bit of a threat here, you know, uh, to, oh, yeah. to do that. And he says, he, he didn't say no first. I, I found this out in a, in a conference that I was at, and it has served me well. The first thing he did was come up with a creative alternative. He didn't tell the prince of eunuchs, no, you can't get me to do that. I wouldn't do that for anything. No, he first comes up with a creative alternative that he could hold his own. And uh, I know someone right now, he's a great, great friend of mine, and he's going through some things at work, and he's doing everything he can to come up with a creative alternative other than going with the ultimatum that that business is trying to give. And so, you know, that was one of the greatest principles I've learned that's done me well in my life as to follow Christ when I am challenged to do some things that, that I do not need to do, don't want to do, in places absolutely saying no the first time. Hopefully God's given me grace to have some opposition of, of preference with them and come up with a creative alternative. If that doesn't work, guess what you do? You say, no, I will not. But David, mm. I meant Daniel, worked that, and it worked for good. Well, that's true. That's true. And he, um, well, he knew what he believed, and he wasn't afraid to stand for what he believed. And that's that's what we need to do, uh, to know what we believe and to be willing to stand for it. Um, this is, I've got to believe it was a hard time because they're looking at the decline and the fall of Jerusalem. And then ultimately, like so many others who would be taken captive to Babylon, but even though enslaved, forcibly taken hundreds of miles away, he has purposed in his heart that he is going to stay true to God. Isn't that something? And, you know, um, we've all got to do that. We've all got to purpose in our heart. Look, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to take the easy road. Not going to do what's convenient, but I'm going to do what is right. I love to preach and teach on Daniel because I think he is a great example of a young person who lived by his convictions, even though it would be risky and at times costly. I agree. And he had some young men along with him. It's great to not have to stand alone. It's awesome. And you need to be ready to stand alone. But there seems to be these three young men that were standing with him because in chapter 1, verse 14, it says, As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill and all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had that understanding in all visions and dreams. He had some support there, Alex. And when Jesus sent the apostles out and the disciples, whether it was 70 or more, he would send them out two by two. Uh, we talk about that support that we need 
and that's why you go to a local church. That's why you want to invest yourself in a small group, whether it be a Sunday school group or whether it be a small Bible study group. And here Daniel had that support, and it was an encouragement to him, and he was an encouragement to them as well. But notice, these four young men, they were having knowledge beyond measure. It was a God-given skill that he had concerning the dreams and visions, and he used them for the glory of God, did he not? You know, Bert, when I was at Liberty University so many years ago, I had a dear, dear professor, and I'm sure he's probably in heaven by now, but um, his his name was uh, Richard Patterson, and he was an Old Testament professor and uh, just a dear man, but he made us learn the names Hananiah, Mishael, <laughs> and Azariah. Amen. Now, I bet you can render those names in a way that might be a little more familiar to everybody. Bert, who was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? A.K.A., also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, yes. your professor really did you a favor by recognizing those. It's funny that we named them their Babylonian names, but with Daniel, which is his Jewish name, they renamed him as well, but we don't Belteshazzar, know that. Yeah, Belteshazzar. It? So uh, listen, uh, those three young men plus Daniel, uh, I'm going to just say it. What a quartet. <laughs> what about that? Oh, um, <laughs> goodness gracious. Maybe, maybe up in heaven they'll have a gospel quartet. I don't know. Yeah, um, I think that'd be good. <laughs> The, the the fiery furnace four i don't know Amen. but folks you're listening to exploring the word with bert harper and alex mcfarland we're in daniel and we're going to take calls bible questions too later on so stay tuned we're going to be back after this brief break and look more at the prophet daniel don't go away this is pause to pray a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders Today, we pray for Christopher Grady, a four-star admiral in the United States Navy. He leads several naval commands, including the U.S. Fleet Forces Command and the U.S. Naval Forces Northern Command. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, reminds us of the qualities we look for in a leader. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Admiral Grady as he leads the men and women under his command. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Because I said so may not seem like enough of an answer to a curious child. But Dr. Tony Evans says it should be plenty to satisfy a dedicated disciple, especially one who happens to be a pastor. He'll explain as we spend two minutes with Tony. My opinion, nobody's opinion, when it conflicts with God, is to be considered as truth. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. But because the pulpits got raggedy when it came to proclaiming the word of God, God has been dumbed down in the culture because he's dumbed down in the church. A lot of these problems that we have in our culture is because the church, Christians, have not risen to the occasion to be what God has called us to be and it's just showing up in the public square. 
the purpose of the declaration of God's word is to tell you what God says, not endorse what you think. When God is spoken, you adjust to what he says, not what you think. And my father used to, I, you know, my father would tell me to do something. I said, but dad, but I think he said, hold, hold, hold it. I just said what I said. All I need you to do is think about what I just said. So if you want to use your brain, use it to understand what I said, not to give me what you think that's different than what I said. We have people who are tampering with the word of God and ultimately it's because there are not enough people in the pulpit who are declaring thus saying the Lord. They're giving you human opinions. Learn more about the connection between obedience and blessing with the help of Tony's CD series, Igniting Kingdom Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my Welcome back to Exploring the Word, and we're in the book of Daniel. Really, we're not going through the whole book, but we're looking at it just today in a day or so and, and looking at the man and the book. And we're studying the prophets, kings, and kingdoms, and uh, we're going through several of the prophets here, and we'll hope you enjoy this. We certainly will and are. But, Alex, when it comes to Daniel and those three others, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, Verse 20 of chapter 1 says something about them. It says this, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about what's the, what the king examined them, he found them, now listen to this, 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. 10 times wow. better. Now listen, I've heard they're twice as good. Oh, they're, th you know, but... Ten times better? That is That's amazing, powerful. isn't it? It is. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that out. You know, re regarding the magicians and the soothsayers, Bert, I heard it said that a Christian can see farther on his knees than a philosopher on his tiptoes. And, <laughs> yes. and so when we've got the Spirit of the Lord in us, we've got the Word of God, yes, there there's a certain anointing with that. And by the way, just like Potiphar noticed that Joseph was honest and hardworking and just a, a cut above, he, Daniel and his friends, they, if, you're, if you're living for the Lord, you're a person of godliness and uh, integrity, it will be noticed, won't it? It will be. And, and listen, if it's not noticed here by others, God is taking note. And I, I just want to, what God thinks from heaven 
is more important than what men think here upon earth. Uh, but you want to grow, Jesus did, in favor with God and man. In other words, these three or four, they grew and they helped and they became strong. But we're introduced to Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, now Daniel would serve through four, is it four kings? Let me see. Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, Darius and Cyrus, who was the other? Belshazzar. He yeah. would serve yeah. through four, four kings. kings. And yes. served them well. But chapter 2 introduces us, and again, to this ability that that Daniel had. Now listen to it in verse 17 of chapter 1. Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now that's the introduction we have of Daniel with this amazing God-given gift that he had, Alex. And he uses it here in chapter 2 with Nebuchadnezzar and that dream. But he, these, you introduced it well when you brought us in today that he'd be a man of character, but would also be a man with dreams and able to look at the visions and have visions that God would give him. We're introduced to it here, aren't we? Well, we really are. And, you know, Nebuchadnezzar um, has this dream, um, and Daniel interprets the dream. But then uh, there's enforced idolatry. I mean, really, just like uh, in despotic nations, there's mandates and enforcements to violate one's convictions. But the three Hebrews are cast into the furnace for refusal to bow to this image of gold. That's in chapter 3. But then Nebuchadnezzar has another dream about a great tree that's cut down. Imagine a big tree that's cut down to the very stump. And this is in chapter 4, and Daniel is alongside during this period as Nebuchadnezzar has this part of his life where he loses his mind. It's a very fascinating thing. Yes, but, yes. You know, we, we were asked this early in the program. You and I did the book of Daniel one time, and somebody asked us about um, will we see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven? And um, I think so, really. Um, and here's the thing. Um, Daniel is a man of God, and he gets to stand before quite a number of kings. And, you know, you mentioned Cyrus and the different ones and other leaders like uh, Nabonidus, you know, and Darius. Um, Daniel gets to, you know, and Belshazzar gets to, you know, Daniel is Belteshazzar. Right. And you remember Nabonidus was... Um, a ruler in the kingdom, and then um, Belshazzar reigned uh, after Nabonidus, if I remember correctly. Am I right about that? I think you have it that right. Yeah, that was, if it's, you know, very short there, but it was. But you had four main ones and then one or two interspersed. Some people think there was co-reigns during that period of time. You know? Uh, uh, That's right. Kind of co-regions. Yeah, they were. And so there's a little bit of confusion with those minor ones. But with the big, I'm going to the big four, it is precise. Well, and do you remember at the end of Daniel chapter 4, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, like a big tree cut down, he's cut down, he eats grass like a livestock animal, but at the end of this time, he comes back to himself, and he says in verse 36 of Daniel 4, at the same hour, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and my brightness, my counselors and my lords sought me, and he's established back. Now listen to what Nebuchadnezzar says. 
he says, uh, I will extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Um, maybe Nebuchadnezzar somehow came to know the true and living God. But Daniel was there through all of that. And then Daniel foretells. Uh, Alex, the, the, before we leave that, let me make this comment. I, I just think okay. it's important. You keep where you're at. But in Daniel chapter 4, what brought Nebuchadnezzar to this point? He praised God, and he did it. And God told him he needed to humble himself. And the moment that he did not humble himself and lifted himself up, there'd be a price to pay. And that takes place here. And I just want to look at it in verse 30 before that 36 and 37. Yeah. The king spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Do you get what he's doing here? And he that's had an eye he was, problem. Exactly. And you always know that is satanic. You remember what Satan, Lucifer did in Ezekiel and Isaiah? I will lift up my throne to be as equal with your throne. I, I, and and any time this becomes so prominent in anyone's life, I don't care what position they have, Lucifer, an archangel, a uh, king, Nebuchadnezzar, a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, whoever it is, and you start promoting and you have this attitude, look what I have done. Look at my royal. Look at my power. Uh, I think you're playing with uh, very sensitive material there. You better give God glory, especially if you're a follower of Christ. Well, you know what? Um, sometimes we love the blessings more than the blesser. Yeah. And if we begin to tell ourselves that we accomplished this or we did that or that, the Lord, he can show us. And, you know, the Bible says that God doesn't like to have to reprimand us. He will because he's always trying to help us keep our heart right. But, uh, we need to live in such a way that um, we remember blessings are entrusted to us from God, but our heart and our loyalty has always got to be toward the Amen. Lord. Look at, at Revelation. What do they do? All honor, glory, and power to, to the God. Lamb that was slain, Jesus Christ. And uh, what's the purpose of man? It is to glorify God to know him and enjoy and, him forever. Yeah, enjoy him forever. And yes. if you're listening today and you're not doing that, you need to get on the road to glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alex, I I know I interrupted you, no, but I, I thought no, that was good. well worth talking about. Well, you know, there is so much in Daniel. I mean, my goodness, 12 chapters. It is a rather brief book compared to like Isaiah or Ezekiel. And yet so much, I want to encourage you, read Daniel, 12 chapters. There, There's just something unforgettable on every page, one of which in chapter 5, and oh my goodness, so much has been said and written about this. Yes. Johnny Cash had a great song about it, Belshazzar and the handwriting on the wall. In fact, that's a saying we use. We'll say, well, you know, the writing was on the wall. Well, that, that comes right out of Daniel chapter 5, does it not? It does, and I, I'll, I'll just give it to you. I know they said there's four, you know, major prophets. Uh, if I'd have been a voting member, I think yeah. I'd have slid Daniel in there. I, I, I know there oh, are yeah. not quite as many chapters, Alex, 
But Daniel is so pivotal at this time. He spent his entire ministry there, but he transports us from the time he's there all the way to the end where Jesus is is reigning. And so you're right, but here uh, he does that. Uh, what's and the handwriting on the wall? Many, many tekel ufarsane. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, again, just like Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, is whenever these, these pagan kings throw a dinner party and they uh, get a little liquor in them and they start praising their gods, you know, bad things happen. Well, in Daniel chapter 5, Okay, Belshazzar has this dinner, and they're, um, you know, praising the false gods and everything. Well, a hand appears, and it says, uh, well, and again, this is another saying that's found its way into the common vernacular, but you've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. And in verse 22, thou his son, O Belshazzar, has not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. See, he knew about Nebuchadnezzar, and yet even Belshazzar became proud. And it was said, look, um, here's the interpretation. You've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. And so Daniel had the Spirit of God in him, and he could explain what the writing on the wall was. But again, this is very, very famous imagery right here in the Old Testament, isn't it? It is. And again, you said it, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. That very night in verse 30, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom. So, Alex, here it is, this man. Have you noticed this issue of pride? You know, Nebuchadnezzar, look what I've done. Belshazzar would not humble himself. There's, let me just say, everybody wants to know, is is sin, sin? Sin is wrong, but there are some sins that have greater serious consequences than any. To me, pride, I I, I do believe pride is the the, uh, root of most sin. You know, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to have it my way. And God resists the proud, and he certainly did resist Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar, did he not? Well, yeah, and you know, Bert, I've, I've brought this out so many times, and I mean, I'm preaching it myself here, but in uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, Paul asked this question, what do you have that you did not receive? And the answer is nothing. I mean, if, if you can sing, well, the good Lord gave you that voice. Maybe you've got the ability and you've been quite successful and you've made money and you've achieved things. But the Bible says it is God that giveth power to get wealth. And we've always got to remember, look, even life itself, our life, our abilities, our friends, our accomplishments, we can't be prideful. We, we didn't do any of that. The good Lord entrusted it to us and we we work and god can honor that but bert you're right one of the surest ways to stay close to god is to remain humble but one of the quickest ways to be under god's reprimand is to get prideful and i think i don't know i can only speak for me bert but i i try every day to remind myself how much i need the lord and i need to keep him way out front 
I love what John the Baptist said. I've got to, I'll say this. <laughs> yes. He must increase. <laughs> I must decrease. Amen, Alex. And uh, let that be a part of your life. Let that thought list. I, I live for the Lord Jesus. If Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, O God, but your will be done. If Jesus would pray that, how much more should I pray that and seek his will? Real quickly, I, we just want to get to Daniel in the lion's den to get, he was promoted. First of all, in uh, chapter 6, verse 3, the king gave thought of setting him over the whole realm. Uh, he was one of the three main guys over the whole realm, but they were jealous of him, so they had to make a special law to find fault with him. They looked at his life. Uh, they sent out their their examiners, their FBI, whatever it was, to look at him, see what they could find wrong so they could entrap him. The only thing they found was this man was a man of prayer, and if we can say and fool the king into saying you can only pray and you're not to pray to anybody else, then you've had it. Well, Daniel, did that stop him from praying, the fear no. of being uh, being found out and sent to prison? Did that stop him from praying? No, he courageously did the right thing. And, you know, Bert, um, I'm listening for that music. Yeah, Forgive it starts in about 30 seconds here. <laughs> well, you know what? The, the oh, This is very notable, and we'll pick up more tomorrow. But all of the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, except uh, chapter um, 2 through 7 is written in Aramaic. And it's when Daniel was in uh, a captive among Gentiles, and it deals with what we call the times of the Gentiles. Exactly right. And listen, we're going to continue on Daniel tomorrow, but we're going to take your phone calls in this last segment. We have done that in a while. I haven't. I'm looking forward to it. That number, 888-589-8840. Give us that call right now. This is Abraham Hamilton III on behalf of American Family Association. I want to encourage fathers and daughters to participate in this month's By Design Challenge. It's called the Daddy-Daughter Date Night Challenge. To show you participated, take a picture while on your date and post it on our By Design Facebook page with the hashtag Daddy-Daughter Date Night. Go to afa.net slash by design to be encouraged and reminded that your marriage belongs to God and it's worth fighting for. One man, one woman for life. Hello, I'm Gary Roby, host of Call to Worship, heard each Sunday on American Family Radio. This one-hour program will lead you in a special time of worship and praise. We will focus on God's Word, spoken, and in music. Call to Worship has a different topic each week as we glorify God together. Be sure to join us at 5 a.m. Central each Sunday for a Call to Worship right here on American Family Radio. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, how will it be seasoned? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Matt Walsh wrote a piece for the Daily Wire where he said, The contemporary American Christian is the most open-minded person to have ever existed. He's so open-minded, you can hardly tell he's Christian or has a mind at all. He has for a long time been open to the idea that marriage isn't permanent and sex isn't meant exclusively for marriage. He's basically open to whatever notions are popular. He is open, and where he is not open, he is silent. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Matthew 11, verse 2, John the Baptist sent this question to Jesus. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Years ago, when I needed a quiet place to study for my Ph.D. exams, a monastery in my area graciously welcomed me to rent a room there. On the day I arrived, one of the monks dressed in long robes met me outside. He asked me this familiar question, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Well, John the Baptist asked of Jesus that question as he suffered in prison for serving the Lord. So when God allows pain in your life, don't be afraid or shy to bring God your questions and your doubts. God takes honest questions. He won't turn you away. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 830 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Everybody here looking for revival in our own hearts and across the land. Everybody looking for a revival. Lift up your voice and say man. Exploring the Word is back on. Alex and Bert, so glad you're listening. We appreciate that. I do want to remind you on the AFR mobile app, uh, you can listen all the time, not only to Exploring the Word, but all the great programming and shows are archived if you want to listen again or forward it on to somebody else. There is also, and I, I get this question a lot, Bert, where the stations are in this or that area. If you go to the website, AFR.net, as in AmericanFamilyRadio.net, look at the station map. And there are radio stations all over the country. And, of course, you can listen online and through any mobile device. So a lot of great ways to get the programming. And, Bert, I stay up with the news and discipleship. And, my goodness, there's so much great content. And we really sincerely appreciate that you would be listening to it. Also, here's the phone number, 888-589-8840. That's 888 888- Five eight nine eighty eight forty, and it would be our honor to have a, a call from you today with a Bible question. We sure would. And matter of fact, we've got people online and we're ready to go. We will answer as many as we can. Let's go to Georgia. Let me see here. Let's go to Georgia. Mine is not working. Marty, can you get us over there? Okay. Okay, we're trying to unlock this. Now I'm ready. Okay, no, I'm not either. Okay, Michael, are you there? Can you hear me? I sure can. I'm sorry about that. I was working on it. It's been a week away, and you forget how to do things, Michael. (laughs) But welcome to Exploring the Word, brother. I had a quick agreement and an update. Um, I, I was the one with my wife and kids. In three days, I got my my family back. And other thing, when Bert was bringing up pride and everything, a a scripture of Jesus came across when Jesus said, "If you've done all that I commanded of you, say we're unprofitable servants, just doing our reasonable duty." And that just real sticks out to keep me away from pride. (laughs) Amen, um, Michael. Amen. And and um, 
the other one was that y'all had an interview with a a guy who run an online Christian school with a biblical worldview. And I was trying to find, look into that for my children. And uh, if y'all, y'all could route me over to where I need to go to see it. Okay. It's probably been about a month and a half. Mm. Oh, man. Uh, what, was it a, a college or was it for like elementary and high school? Or do you recall? Yeah, I just think it was like for regular p- people to draft from public let me, Michael. Let me just. Yeah, I know we're going on. We're it'd be not be good for us, but you could go back online at afa.net or afr.net and call the office and direct that and ask that question. Uh, it'd be better because I think it may have been on another program. We may have mentioned it, but we're going to try to find that out. But if you could call, go to afa.net or afr.net. And just call the office here in Tupelo, Mississippi, and we'll we'll try to find that question uh, answer for you. But yes, sure. there, matter of fact, Alex, I heard this morning quite a few folks are looking at what's going on with critical race theory. Uh, the the oh, the thing that they are demanding the the vaccination shots for children. A lot of people. There's more people uh, looking at ways to educate their children. And so, Michael, you're not by yourself. And praise the Lord for your family back together. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's an answer to prayer. And and I believe I do remember you calling. So thank you for checking in with us. And, you know, folks, I will say this. When people ask for prayer, we really do pray. We take notes. We do our very best to lift each other up in prayer. And I know, Bert and I appreciate it when you all pray for us. We do. I write their names down, and I pray at least the next 24 hours and try to after that. Thank you, Michael. Let's go to Lyle in Mississippi. Welcome, Lyle. Y'all had a program last Wednesday about uh, the United States, where it was. You talked about the Great Waters and Longest River. What script, where was that scripture at? You know, I believe that was in Jeremiah 50. Um, I, I remember that we were talking about... Um, because, Bert, the question was, is America in prophecy? And there are, um, not specifically, not specifically, it doesn't say, but will America be preserved uh, in, in the days ahead? L- let me just say this, because there's um, not any scripture that specifically references the United States. However, I know this. Any nation, our own nation included, if we stay a strong ally for Israel and stay righteous, or return to righteousness, rather, Proverbs 14.34, that will bless and preserve this nation. The degree to which we cleave to the Lord and befriend Israel, that is the secret to our preservation. Amen. That is a promise from God, and we stand on that, and America has been there. Uh, there have been some in our leadership question that, but uh, Lyle, listen, if America's not, we as believers are, <laughs> and we're promised that he's going to be with us, and he's going to care for us. It doesn't mean tough times won't be a part of that. And uh, we need to be ready. Alex and I both, we believe that a tribulation time is coming. Seven years, three and a half years. We ha- happen to believe that the church will be raptured. 
but we're not promised that difficulties and hardships will not come. Matter of fact, it says we will endure those hardships. So, Lyle, thank you, and we praise the Lord, brother, for you calling. Let's go to Tennessee and talk to Rita. Rita, welcome. Hi, you guys. Just want you to know that I can't wait to get out of work every day so I can hear this. Hey, hey that sounds like a double blessing, Rita, off of work and exploring the Word. That sounds good, lady. Yes. Um, well, so far I still have my job. I didn't take the vaccine, so they threatened to fire me on kind of religious reasons. But I've turned that over to God, and he, he's got it for me. I know he has. Amen. The reason, why, the reason why I called was I know when we pray for specific things to, uh, to the Father, uh, I know sometimes we pray in secret. Uh, my question is, do when we pray for somebody, do we need to let that person know? Uh, you know, I know we're supposed to build each other up and let each other know we're praying. But if there's certain things that, well, I'm just going to give you an example. For some reason yesterday, I was really burdening my heart about some things. I don't know exactly what it was. I did not go to church. But I was sitting there and I was reading my Bible and I just, my son-in-law, he lost his 15-year-old, well, he just turned 16, and he lost his 16-year-old son last year. They did autopsy and don't know what happened to him. So it's been a rough year for him, and I've been praying for him, praying for him. But yesterday, and he's kind of quit going to church a little bit uh, because I think of what had happened. Well, um, yesterday, he was just such a burden on my heart. I mean, I just cried. I mean, tears pouring him. I just cried out to God to, you know, just to make him be still, to, to listen to what you know, God has for him. And I lost my son. My son got killed in a car wreck. So I know the hurt and devastation and the pain that he's going through, and that's what I was praying about. Well, uh, I just, you know, and I'm praising God the whole time, and I'm just, and I felt so good after this prayer. Well, my my daughter told me that her husband went to work yesterday morning, but he turned around and come back because he decided then he just wanted to up and go to church. So I just think it's so wonderful, the power of prayer, how God works. Amen. And I'm just wondering, when it, when you have situations like that, do you keep it to yourself or do you share it with that person? So that, I mean, he knows I'm praying for him, but, you know, I want to keep leading him back on the right track to where he'll go to church. Amen, Rita. Pray- on that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rita. Amen. Alex, uh, the answer to that is most of the time probably, but sometimes not. Uh, let me share with you, when you are praying for someone that is lost and you're praying for them uh, and you're praying because someone asked you to pray for them, you might need to be careful of you running into them saying, hey, man, I'm praying for you. Uh, but most believers, most believers, when you know someone's praying for you or like you and me or me praying for someone, most believers are encouraged to know that someone's praying for them, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, what we get emails and, and correspondence each week where people say they're praying for exploring the Word, and they're praying for Bert and me, and, uh, oh, believe me, that means the world to us. But, you know, I, there's a lot of lost people that I've been praying for, and and frankly, Bert, there's some Christian brothers that I know that sometimes I'm concerned about where they are in their walk, and I've prayed for them, and I've a lot of times, you know, without telling them, been really bringing them before right. the Lord. So I think it's 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 a discernment yes. that God is just going to have to tell you for each individual case. That is right. Rita, we hope that helps you. 
Uh, hey, listen, those prayers, uh, I remember the story about Jim Sembla, fresh wind, fresh power, and they prayed for his daughter on a Tuesday night, and on Wednesday morning she showed up at their house and said, who prayed for me last night? They didn't have to tell her wow. that they prayed for her. God had gotten a hold of her. So bombard heaven for these people. They may find out you were praying for them. Okay, let's go to, yeah, Sonia in Texas. Sonia, welcome. Oh, hey. Um, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, Hi. It's my, first, it's my first time to call, and um, I love your show, and I'm just excited for it every day when I get to get in my car and drive and listen to you guys. So thanks so much. Um, but my question is, Bert, you said something um, about the four major prophets, and who might they be? I don't know who they are, and I'd like to know that. Okay. That is a good Bible question that you would get in Bible college if you were to go, and uh, they are Isaiah, Jeremiah, and uh, who's next? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. And who? Daniel? Daniel. Daniel. He was the fourth major prophet. Uh, I, I, I misspoke earlier, but Daniel is a major prophet. Isaiah, yes. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And matter of fact, Sonia, Ezekiel and Daniel are uh, they're together. Uh, they're contemporaries in, in their prophecy. A little bit different, but they're the ones. The others are considered minor prophets. Twelve minor prophets. So Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Okay. Thank you, Sonia. Anything you want to say, Alex? Well, and, and, you know, again, major and minor is referencing the length of the book, not the significance or the importance, because they're all important. It's just that, um, you know, the, the major prophets, their books are quite a bit longer than the minor prophets. They are. And, again, Daniel is significant. So thank you. Let's go to Michigan and talk to Dale. Dale, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Hey, I just had a, a thing that sort of tickles my mind every once in a while. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bow down, or don't bow down, before the golden idol and they get thrown to the furnace, where was Daniel? That is yeah. one of the great questions. Yeah. Alex, I always heard he was probably on a mission of the government and wasn't in town during that time. What do you think? Yeah, I, I've heard that. That is a really good question, and it is a frequently asked question. you got to understand, this is a huge kingdom. Daniel, even though he's a captive, he is given jobs and assignments. So uh, it doesn't specifically say, but let me say what, what I know he wasn't doing. It wasn't that he was silently standing by consenting to it. Uh, he wouldn't have done that. But he might have been on a mission or uh, on some assignment that he, he, for all we know, might have been hundreds of miles away. Yeah. I, I don't think silence on that uh, gives consent that he uh, did bow down. And I, I just want to share what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. That's one of the greatest words. Our God is able to deliver us, but if not, we're still not going to bow down to you, O King. Alex, mm. I love that response. And uh, do, I, I'm just 
we're running out of time, and we go, this will be the, that'll be the last question today because a lot of times uh, we don't have time. But I wanted to comment on this: the Book of Daniel, and you talked about earlier how you love to preach it to young people. Uh, I when I was youth minister, I really spent a lot of time in Daniel and and training the young people that God had you know put in my charge as a youth minister on those two, Daniel Purpose and in his heart, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, our God is able. And so, Alex, it, I, I do believe Daniel has something to say to young people to our day, even now to our day, if we'd just listen. How about you? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, those decisions, those convictions have to really be rooted in your heart from a young age. I mean, he was just 16 years old, and yet he was, you know, given very special service, very special assignments. And there were all these temptations, you know, throughout his life. I mean, my goodness, uh, the pressure to conform, the pressure to uh, go along with the false religions and the immorality and the ungodliness, and yet into being 82 years old. I mean, you think about this, from 16 to 82 years old, he's there in, uh, well, Persia, and he he exemplary. We, we don't read that he ever caved in. He never fell or stumbled or compromised, did he? But the, those seeds of commitment to God were birthed in his heart at a young age. I use this with my college-age kids when they would leave high school and go to college and talk about how many fall away. I said, purpose in your heart, the way Daniel. The way Daniel was taken out of his homeland and put into a foreign place, a lot of times that happens like a person in home put in a college, a secular college especially, and you can be strong. You can be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Alex, it's good to be back on there with you, brother. Well, it's great to have you, folks. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Hey, go online and check out our brand new book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers, Broad Street Publishing from Exploring the Word. We'd be honored if you'd take a look at it. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.